Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swamps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's what I mean. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so check this out. This story isn't mine personally. I'm not the type of person to go out on the deep web for any reason. This story actually happened to a coworker and good friend of mine. I made sure he was okay with me submitting this story, and he said it was fine. And for the sake of privacy and security, we're going to refer to him as Will. Will was a good guy, probably one of the nicest people I ever met, and he didn't really deserve the situation that happened to him. I will say that I've known him for a few years now and I completely believe everything he's told me about this. Several years ago, Will lived in a comfortable suburban home with his lovely wife of 10 years. And for the sake of security, we're going to call her Danny. Will and Danny had a seven-year-old daughter at the time of this story, and everything seemed all right. Will had a good job and made more money than they actually needed. Danny was a stay-at-home mom that took care of their daughter when she was home, and she ran the various errands while she was at school, pretty much doing the basics of what a stay-at-home parent does. Will was under the impression that their marriage was in a good position. He loved Danny as much as he always had, and he loved his daughter more than life itself. They had a nice house in a nice neighborhood, they had enough money to take care of any financial emergencies if they needed it. To the best of Will's knowledge, they were all happy and healthy. He didn't think anything was wrong at home. Danny, on the other hand, was apparently very unhappy with their marriage and was determined to leave Will and run off with some guy she had met online and had been talking to for around a year. Danny and her internet boyfriend had apparently spent a lot of time plotting and spoke extensively about how they could follow through on what they had planned and what would be the best way to get the deed done. At one time, they even discussed the possibility of internet boyfriend driving from his home in Nebraska and doing it himself, saying that he could make it look like a robbery gone wrong. Apparently, this would have been too personal, and they opted to look on the dark web for someone to remove her husband from the equation. Then, she would wait long enough to bury him, collect the insurance, and pretend to grieve. 
After a few months, she planned to take her daughter and the money from his life insurance and run off with the boyfriend to start a new life up north. Based on the conversations, she was adamant that it needed to look like an accident. That way, the life insurance would pay out the maximum. Like I said, Will made good money and was worth... Like I said, Will made good money and was worth a decent amount dead. So she planned to live a few years off of that with the new guy. Back to their actual plan, as I said, they had the intent of going on to the dark web and finding, basically, a hitman to get rid of her husband. And they were successful to an extent. They got onto the deep web and they found a site that listed people providing these services and they got the information for someone that they were going to pay to do the entire thing. They even went as far as sending the $15,000 to the account of the person that was supposed to do the job. Thankfully for Will, his wife and her new boyfriend were not well versed in how things worked on the dark web and to some extent, they were kind of stupid. Apparently, they went all the way through the plotting with this person. They sent him the money, and they even set a date. On the date in question, Danny had taken their daughter to her grandparents' house, and had told Will that she was going to spend the day with them. While she was gone, Will got a visit by the local police and a federal agent. They explained the situation to him, and basically took him into protective custody. When Danny got home, she expected to find her husband lying dead on the living room floor, but instead had federal agents screaming at her and taking her to the ground. What's worse, she apparently had brought their daughter home with her, meaning she would have been okay with the little girl seeing her dead father. Based on what Will was told, the police had all of the information on the conversation, the connection logs from when she was on the page, emails from her to the fake hitman, and enough evidence to put her away for a long time. She was so desperate to get rid of him that she was able to be talked into spending money over PayPal. She literally sent $15,000 on a credit card over PayPal to have her husband murdered. I don't know if she was just ignorant or if she just wanted it done and wasn't going to question the situation. Thankfully, for Will's sake, she had gotten a hold of a sting on the site, and she was taken down without issue. The boyfriend was also arrested, and they were charged for conspiracy to commit murder and probably a few other charges, but they were both sentenced to 20 years in prison for their plans. Will has since remarried, and his daughter is old enough to understand what her mother did, but he says that he got lucky with all of this, and I agree. If his wife had gone to another page, been a little more competent, and paid a little more attention to being secure in her messaging and communications, Will may have been legitimately murdered that day. And she would be off living with her internet boyfriend in the Dakotas. This happened a couple of years ago. I don't remember the exact month or year, but it couldn't have been more than just a few years ago because Bitcoin was at or near its peak. I used to spend a lot of time on the deep web, 
mostly on forums and things like that, but never on anything explicitly illegal. I know that sounds incredibly convincing, right? Believe it or not, there are pages on the deep web that are good for entertainment. Some of them are in the gray area as far as ethics go, but again, not explicitly illegal. And some of them only become illegal if you take action on the page. I think. Look, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't really know. Anyways, I was browsing pages without intent to actually do anything on them and was just perusing through random onion links to see what interesting stuff I could find. After checking out some random pages that sold things that definitely were not legal, I found a page that, well, again, definitely was not legal. From the start on this page, I knew that this page was serious. The name of the page was something like L.H. Oswald Solutions, an obvious allusion to Lee Harvey Oswald, the man who assassinated JFK. Honestly, seeing that just kind of made me chuckle. Something about using Oswald's name for the page was genuinely humorous. After reading their information, it was pretty clear why they used that as the name. The entire page was meant for users to pay Bitcoin and hire a hitman. The page explained that they had top-tier men working for them, and price categories as well. The product started at intimidation, and included things like arson, murder designed to look like a failed robbery, and other tiers that were meant to make it look like an accident. The last one was the most expensive. Obviously, they gave scenarios on how it could happen, including hiking accidents accidental drownings, and car troubles. I hope you can feel my air quotes. <laughs> now, I had no intent on doing anything on this page other than reading what they had to say, mostly for entertainment, but then I got to the bottom of the main page. They had a full-on legal disclosure, which I thought was hilarious, that explained what actions could be taken if they failed and laid out their personal guarantee that they could find anyone and everyone without fail. Immediately after this was a small note at the bottom that said, we can find anyone and we can prove it. Click here for proof. Now, I know what you're thinking. No sane person would ever click that link and no one could be so stupid as to click it intentionally. I didn't want to, but I had to. I had to know how they would guarantee that they could find anyone. So, I clicked the button and the page switched over to a plain black site with a smiley face and an hourglass icon that indicated it was loading. After just a few seconds, the hourglass turned into a check mark. At first, I thought that was it. It was just gonna sit there with a check mark and that was it. Then, much to my surprise, my cell phone started ringing. Obviously, I was freaking out inside, but I answered my phone anyway. I said, hello? The voice on the other end was digitized, thankfully. It basically said, here's your proof. Thank you for considering our services. A few times, and then it hung up. I was actually grateful that it was a robocall and not a real person. But 
I was also terrified that it was able to find my phone number and call me. This was enough to tell me that they were not screwing around and that I needed to never go on their website or question whether or not those hitman sites are legit ever again. I've been a user of the deep web for quite a long time, going through the various deep sites and seeing what's out there. There are some interesting people and pages that exist, but if you don't know what you're doing, I really don't recommend getting involved in it. I've been in way too deep for a while, and the story I'm about to tell you was at a time in my life where I was out of control and doing stupid things. Back in the day, I used to be one of those deep and dark web users that may or may not have been involved in some questionable activities. Of this questionable activity, the worst was doing business with a website that was very similar to Silk Road. It wasn't Silk Road, but it was obviously trying to be, and as dumb as it sounds, the prices were more competitive than others. Thinking back to it now, that should have been a red flag. The bigger sites had methods of vetting and verification of their sellers. They knew who they were working with, and the security was definitely part of the pricing structure. But when you're a broke college kid that's addicted to certain medications, you don't really think too hard on the security of your dealer. Basically, your only thoughts are, do they have what I want, and can I afford it? So, obviously, I knew what I was doing back when I got involved with these sites and these people. I knew it was illegal, and I knew I had no way of disputing if my dealer didn't come through. And I would have no manner of taking legal action against the site or the sellers. The site had an interesting system in place the sellers wouldn't list what they had beyond a few cryptic user tags, and they had what they called a traffic light system. Basically, the seller could mark their stock based on a color. Green was full, yellow was limited, and red was offline and no longer selling. If it was green, you could basically send them the money and get what you wanted. Yellow typically required a message to make sure that they had what you wanted, and red just meant, don't contact me. It was actually pretty damn smart to cut out having to incriminate yourself by specifically listing what you had, and also cut down on the communication requirements too. You just bought what you wanted, and you moved on. In my time on this site, there was one user that I worked with regularly over the two years. They were dependable and, strangely enough, incredibly polite when I had to message them. I know that sounds stupid, but they typically signed their messages with have a nice day or thank you for your business. Not something you would expect from a person committed to doing something that's illegal. They were the only person that I wanted to work with on this site, and they always came through. In my time of doing business with them, they had always been green or yellow. 
I can't recall once over the last two years where they switched over to red. Well, that is until the last time that I put an order in with them. I got on the site as normal and I saw that he had marked himself as yellow. No biggie, I sent him a message basically asking if my usual was available. Then almost immediately after, his page had switched over to red. I was a bit annoyed at this as he'd always come through and I was, as I said, an addict. I went over to his page and I sent him another message that basically said, hey man, what gives? Within a few moments, I got a message back that said, to put it kindly, F off. This came as an honest surprise to me as, like I said before, he had always been so cordial. I responded with something like, do you not want my money anymore? I waited for about an hour to see if he sent a message back, but I didn't get anything back. It was a few days later that I went back to see if maybe he had stock again. I think part of me seriously thought that the seller was just having a bad day, or maybe it was a partner of his that wasn't as polite. When I logged in, I saw that I had a message from him. I clicked on it, and it said, I have your usual. Send me the money. I was a bit wary at first, but I was also naive, and I needed it to keep my mind focused and study for exams. Despite my initial hesitation, I went ahead and I sent him the money. I replied, and I told him that it was sent, and I waited. I think I messaged him once or twice after that within the week, but he had been offline since our last interaction and hadn't changed his account back from red. About a week after our last interaction, I got the package. The box looked like it was heavily used and trashy. This was in a complete contrast from what I was used to. When I opened it, it was lacking pretty much all of the security the seller normally had. He would typically pack inconspicuous items in with the order, usually stuffed animals. I'm assuming it was because they worked as both security and padding. Instead, the box was full of packing peanuts and tissue paper. I dumped it out onto the floor and checked it, thinking that I was duped. But then I saw the pill bottle and an envelope with what appeared to be a letter. The first thing I did was open the letter, and it said, Consider this your last order. Jimmy is out of the trade. Thank you for your business. I was a little pissed off since I was going to have to now find a new person on the site to work with, but at the same time, it wasn't a huge deal. At least I had about 60 days before that was going to be a problem. That was my thought until I grabbed the bottle and opened it. I removed the lid and saw that inside the bottle were fingernails. I don't mean like fingernail trimmings, I mean fingernails that had been ripped off the bedding of the finger. Ten of them to be exact. The edges of them looked like they had dried blood, which told me they had been forcibly removed. It was then that the letter's meaning became a bit more dark with Jimmy being out of the trade. And to answer any potential questions, I never went back to the site. I never went back to any drug sites on the deep web at all. This scared me to the point that 
I pretty much abandoned all illegal activity, and to those that are curious, no, I didn't go to the police. I wanted to, and I wanted to tell them that it was possible someone had been murdered, but how exactly does one explain that with what I had? I couldn't waltz into the precinct, slam a pill bottle full of fingernails down, and say, my drug dealer has been murdered. Technically, he could have pulled them out himself. Not likely, but possible. So, anyways, that's my story. Stay off the dark web. The deep web is probably okay. And don't do drugs. I've only had one bad experience with the deep web, and it was way more than enough in my personal opinion. I'm not an overly technical person. I'm not a tech genius. I'm no hacker extraordinaire. But I do know my way around the internet, and I have an understanding of what indexing and non-indexed pages, like the deep web, actually are. I took a few classes on internet security, and there were a couple sections dedicated to deep web and dark web stuff, or at least explaining what they were, how the technology worked, like onion routing and encryption, and I felt confident enough to get on the deep web, and I thought I could keep myself safe. And that confidence was my first mistake. But, in my defense, this situation could have happened on the surface web. It just made it that much creepier that it was on the deep web. Because I wasn't interested in any of the illegal content on the dark web, I kept myself confined to the part of the deep web that were closer to the surface. Basically, the waiting pool of the deep web. Of these pages, I mostly visited things like forums and discussion boards. I had this personal appreciation for anonymous conversations, and while I wasn't a troll or aggressive or anything, I was a bit more out with my opinion and personality as there wasn't a name associated with the statement. Now, in order for all of this to make sense, I have to explain a bit about what happened, and then kind of explain the how, because it won't make sense otherwise. As I stated, I spent a good amount of time on the forums. I spoke with people that I honestly considered my friends, and I learned a lot. It was actually kind of nice, kind of like there was a place that I belonged, like a bar, but with text and random people that were faceless. Now, on the main forum I would use, most people signed their posts and messages with a pseudonym. Of course, there was no control over this, and anyone could use anyone else's name on their post, and no one would be the wiser. Strangely enough, it was kind of an honor system, and most people followed it. My name on the site was, ironically, No Girls on the Net. It was supposed to be a joke, a play on the claim that there are no girls on the internet, just guys pretending to be girls. This was ironic because I am a girl. Anyways, on this forum, I was fairly well known to a lot of the people in my subboards, and people would refer to me as girl. I know, not exactly specific, but typically when someone said girl, they were talking to me. Anyways, I was friends with a lot of people on this page, and they were all decent. 
never ran into anyone that I thought was really creepy, for the most part. That all fell apart when I got a message on Facebook one day from some guy that I had never seen before named Derek. And the message just said, Hey girl. At first, I didn't put two and two together. I thought he was just being a douche, and I told him as such. My response was simply, what an incredibly rude and derogatory way to refer to someone. Give me one reason I should even bother responding to you beyond this. This guy responds with, I thought that's what everyone called you. At least that's what I've always called you. You are no girls on the net, right? When I read this, I was a bit freaked out. How had this person found my personal Facebook? There was absolutely no connection between me and that account, and I was always careful not to post anything that could be considered personally identifiable, and I had no idea how he could have connected the dots. I asked who he was, and once again he asked if that was my username. I didn't want to tell him yes, but I also didn't want to say anything that may indirectly confirm that it was me. So I ended up just having to say that it wasn't me, and that I hoped he found whoever it was that he was looking for. He responded with a smiley face, and then that was it for that conversation. I thought that was the end of it. I thought he had bought it. But I was wrong. I was very wrong. About a week later, I got a letter in the mail, and while this was a bit off, in today's day and age that is, I didn't think much of it. I took it in, I opened it, and then I pulled out the letter. It was a printed letter that pretty much just said, Don't lie to me, girl. I know it's you. I want to get to know you better. Here's my phone number. Shoot me a text when you get this. P.S. I will know that you got it. Now, I am seriously freaked out. This guy was sending me letters, which meant that he knew my address. Not only that, but he claimed that he would somehow know if I got the letter and didn't tell him. How? That's when I looked over at the envelope to see if I could find a return address. And then I realized there wasn't one. On top of that, there weren't any stamps on the envelope either, which meant it hadn't gone through the post office. It was most likely hand-delivered, which then told me how he was going to know if I got it. My next mistake was calling the number. If I was going to fix this problem, I was going to have to do it head on. I pulled out my phone and I called him. When he answered, he started off with, Hey, sweetheart. I was legitimately disgusted. My response to him was, I'm not your sweetheart. I don't even know who the hell you are. How did you find my information? He avoided the question, but started saying that he was in love with me and that he needed me in his life. I once again told him that I had no idea who he was and that I wasn't interested. He told me to get interested or things were going to be difficult between us. I'd had enough. I told him that he was a creep and that he needed to get a life. Then I hung up. He tried calling me back a couple of times, but I ignored it. Then he texted me and I think I nearly pissed myself the message that he sent to me said, You're going to love me, one way or another. Don't make me hurt you. Then followed it up with, See you later, sweetheart. Obviously, I was panicked. 
This dude was a super creep and had no issue with being creepy out in the open like this. But I didn't really have much in ways of options since he hadn't actually done anything. Being a creep isn't illegal until they escalate. Well, it escalated pretty quick. It was actually that same night when things started to happen. Around 8 that evening, I heard a knock on my door. I, unfortunately, knew it was most likely him. I pulled the curtain open from the side window, and I saw this guy standing there in a hoodie and black pants. Pretty obvious red flag in this case. He stood there at the door, and he kept knocking, then started yelling that he knew I was home. I stayed off to the side where he couldn't see me, and I dialed 911 on my phone. When they asked what the emergency was, I said loud enough for him to hear me that there was some creep trying to break into my house, hoping that it would be enough to get him to go away. What I didn't expect was him to smash the glass of my front door with a hammer and reach in to unlock the door. What he didn't expect was my brother, a trained police officer, to come around the corner with his gun locked on him the second he stepped into the house. As soon as my brother screamed, get on the ground, this guy started yelling, don't shoot me, and fell to his knees. My brother restrained him, and the cops showed up to arrest him. When they got him out and into their car, they came back to tell us what they pulled off of him. This dude came with zip-tie cuffs, a large knife, the hammer, obviously, and a pillowcase stuffed into his hoodie pocket. Basically, it was likely that he planned to kidnap me, cuff me, put the pillowcase over my head, and take me out to his van, which he had parked just outside. In the van, they found condoms, toys, you know, and various other creeper things that I really don't want to think about right now. So that's the what, but the question becomes the how. How did he find me? How did he know who I was? How did he connect my stupid username with me as a person? Easy, I was an idiot and apparently had clicked a link that he posted on the forum. This guy had linked to something on the forum page that I apparently was interested in and it had malware that loaded into my system because I had some stupid software, something like JavaScript or Flash or something that was out of date, and this guy was able to drop a keylogger on my system. That, plus those fantastic little things in Chrome and Firefox that will save your personal info for quicker entry. Things like your address and name and all that. Yeah, that helped him tremendously. This guy had infected my system and I had, unbeknownst to me, given him all of my personal information. Then he turned into a super creep. Like I said above, this could have technically happened on the surface web, but I think it was more likely to happen on the deep web forum because I had taken my anonymity for granted. I thought I was safe. I thought I was invincible because my name was not connected to the board or the posts. So... Take that as a lesson. Do not think that anonymity is invincibility. And make sure that you update your computer. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof! 
Not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA Safe Pilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply. 